0: Hello. I'm so happy to be back. It's been a minute and I've missed you. I'm so grateful to be back. And I, okay, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked um, for what's happening at the moment. So it's officially winter in the Southern Hemisphere. It's officially mid-winter Christmas season. Which is kind of crazy. I feel like the summer was kind of still around till maybe a few weeks ago. And it just kind of, it takes me a little while to accept the fact that like summer's gone and winter's here and it gets really, really cold. Speaking of cold. Mm. Oh my goodness, this is so good. This is sparkling water. Um, it's an almighty actually. Peach and ginger. So good. Mm. I think this is what I miss the most about the summertime. It's just like having my cold drinks around me. And during the winter, I just go on with tea and coffee. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to do my best to not rely on coffee for everything. Um, but this is this is actually my first. Um, cold drink of the winter which is kind of iconic if you asked me um, but this is a really really important weekend for New Zealand history which is so fucking exciting I'm so so stoked about this so this is a long weekend for people not listening from New Zealand this is our first time celebrating Matariki. Matariki is a first holiday um, recognized by the West acknowledging an indigenous celebration. So it's pretty much the first, um, the first indigenous public holiday in a Western country, which is fascinating to me. Coming from a place where indigenous culture has been rejected and marginalized for so long it's so inspiring and it's it's crazy to me it's unreal to see that for the first time a western country acknowledges that and there's so much um, awareness around it I feel like there's definitely this is not an accomplishment that kind of like solidifies like a reconciliation with the fact that there's been so much trauma and like colonization still perpetuates the trauma and reinforces all of that and like the colonial mindset is it's still in there and this is not you know kind of like um you know yeah like a reconciliation but I I, I think that this is amazing and I think that this is kind of like a promise to keep um. Yeah, to, to, to uh, cultivate and raise awareness around why indigenous culture and why indigenous heritage is so crucial and so important. Especially where there's presence of colonization. Anyways, I'm so fucking stoked about it. Um, there's an article in The Guardian that talks about it. Um, puts it together in a really lovely way. And pretty much it says, because I kind of like wanted to explain it myself... But I found this little piece, and it, I think it puts it together really well. So pretty much it says that the holiday centers on three principles. So it kind of reminded me of Dia de Muertos in, me- in Mexico, Day of the Death, kind of. And I think that's a great example of a holiday centered around indigenous culture, kind of mixed with colonial, Catholic, post-colonial vibe energy. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of like a hybrid. Whereas Matariki, it's like purely Maori culture, which is the um, the indigenous uh, culture in New Zealand. So um, the the holiday centers on three principles, remembrance of those who have died, celebrating the present with family and friends and looking for looking to the future promise of, an, of a new year. It is believed to be one of the first indigenous celebrations to be recognized as a public holiday in a settler colonial state. That's massive, and I'm so happy about it. I'm so, so happy. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a very important weekend. It's like a historical thing happening at the moment alongside everything else that's going on in the world. So that's quite a highlight considering the state of the world at the moment so sending you lots of love and light from a Matariki blessed weekend okay so I'm also really really stoked because I went to the bookshop like just like a couple hours ago I was browsing around and um I I found this beautiful book it's like an illustrated little um children's book um and I've been lately Lately, I've been thinking a lot of my childhood, a lot about kind of like my memories. Um, especially during winter time, I kind of tend to get like these seasonal depression. <laughs> In a way, I'm really sorry. That was just me coping through my laugh. I'm sorry. That's actually not funny. Anyways, um, I I've been thinking a lot about my mother. Particularly, I've been writing a lot about my mother. I've been writing a lot about my childhood and, like, about my memories. So, recently I remembered one of the most treasured memories I have and one of the reasons why I have, like, this devotion, devotion, devotion to books and words and, you know, everything. And it's because I remember, since I was very, very little, going with my mom book shopping and then... Going to this cute little, like, iconic coffee store in Mexico City, in Coyoacán. Um, I remember smelling the, the roasted beans. I remember seeing all the desserts on the cabinet. I remember the smell, everything, everything. Um, I remember it being cold, so it was never, like, really warm, you know, sepia toned, um, stereotypically Mexican image that, that we have in our heads. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, like those winter days, really cold. We would have, I, I would have a hot chocolate. She would have a coffee and I would always order the same dessert. It was a little donut and like a little popsicle stick. So it was kind of like a donut lollipop sort of situation. It had sprinkles, like colored, you know, colorful sprinkles and it was really cute. And I remember this being like a little ritual, a little bonding moment. And yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about it. So today I went to the bookstore and I saw this beautiful children's book and it's about this little native bird and about Matariki. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is so fucking cute. Like the, the the little, oh. It's so adorable. I wish I could just show it right now, but it's so, so adorable. I opened it up and it just warmed me on the inside. And my first instinct was just to be like, oh, this is really cute and just like live it behind. But I was like, I think I need a children's book. Like when was it established that we needed to stop buying children's book books? You know what I mean? Especially if like there's something so tender and heartwarming about them. Particularly for me, it was like so... Yeah, just like so heartwarming, and I was like, I need this, so I got it, and I'm really happy about it, and it seems to be kind of iconic, because it's like thematic, um, it speaks to the, literally to the time right now, which is celebrating Matariki, so that's kind of cute. Anyways, that was my little recap of my day, and what's been on my mind lately. Um, Today, I'm here to talk about cultivating a safe space for ourselves when we're navigating We're going through a lot, we're navigating um, strange times when burning out or also when feeling at peace, when feeling at our best. Doesn't really matter. I've been thinking a lot about how I can support myself during times when I just don't feel like doing anything, when I feel lonely, when I feel suffocated, Um, because sometimes it feels like I kind of push everything till when I'm when I feel like I'm about to burn out or explode you know what I mean kind of like postponing doing what feels like supports me through the these times I feel like I tend to be either kind of like an all the way or nothing at all kind of person like either I'm like super devoted to something in this case to like you know curating my space and like focusing on my habits or you know whatever so I've been working a lot on consistency and like consistently looking after myself in this case after my space because I've been going through a lot of things that have been triggering me and causing a lot of anxiety and also just been like the busiest that I've been in such a long time with so much on the table um and I'm really really uh, lucky that, I, that I've that i had support around me, professional support as well. So from those sources, I've, I've been gathering a lot of important information and resources that I'm here to share today um, with you. And I hope that if something resonates with you, you take it, try it out, test it and see if it aligns with your ways. And if it doesn't, That's all good. You can just toss it under the table and never look at it again. Sharing from a personal space. So this is just my experience and, yeah, what I've been been up to lately and has been working for me. So when talking about cultivating a safe space, I love the word cultivating because it kind of sounds like something that... um. But it's not just about, like, giving birth (laughs) to a safe space or giving birth to, like, a perfect routine or giving birth to something in particular. It's about consistently, like, kind of, like, as in, like, an every single day sort of thing. You know, like, when you're cultivating grains or plants or fruits or vegetables, like, it's kind of, like, harvesting. It's, like, an everyday little task that kind of adds up to this whole thing, right? So to me, cultivating, it's like such a helpful word to put this together and actually seeing it that way. It kind of seems easier rather than just being like, okay, I'm going to toss everything and create a new something, you know, it's kind of like a less intimidating approach and way to see that through the words, through the power of words, we can actually um, change the way that we see things. So. To me, that was really important. So, in cultivating a safe space, it's about the physical space, but also about the emotional space or the metaphysical space or the um intangible space, however you want to call that, the spiritual space. But it's kind of like both um, both realms it's kind of like the physicality of things, but also the other emotional um side of things, I guess. And, um, from a physical space kind of perspective, I think that our environment really impacts on the way that we do things. For instance, I've been finding myself so, I tend to be very disorganized when I'm struggling and when I'm going through stuff. I think, I think it was my mom who would tell me growing up that like the physical space kind of reflects what's in your mind or like how your mind is, you know, um, cluttered in a way. So to me the value of like an organized and clean physical space really impacts how I feel, how I deal with things even in my worst times ever. I think that really that has really supported me in tough periods when I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is so chaotic. At least everything is chaotic except for my space. Like that's literally, you know, like the way that I can support myself. So I think that um Looking at the space that we're inhabiting right now, it's so important because that's the way that we've been kind of like um, setting the tone for how we show up in the world externally. So when I started feeling super stressed and anxious and like with lots going on, maybe okay, to be honest, okay, so this is a quick little pause. After I had COVID, I don't know if it's everybody's experience. I've been hearing a lot around me. That long COVID, it's such a big deal for so many people. After I had COVID, I can say that like my year is divided in two parts kind of thing. So my first half was like before I had COVID and the second half was after. So to me, after I had COVID, I had this like brain fog. And I'm not blaming COVID, but like it kind of contributed to this. So I kind of like had this brain fog and I was just like feeling really slow and really like low energy and I just didn't have any time for anything else other than like work and um uni stuff you know like my academic life um and that was it like I didn't have any any energy any time to like nurture other areas of my life which I like having in alignment with my main things because I kind of see them as my main things as well you know So, to me, after having COVID, I just kind of like fell in this like weird limbo state. And I was just really, really struggling to keep my shit together. So, ever since I started noticing like all these changes in my life, the changes in my literally my health, like my body, I was just so overwhelmed. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've never felt like I've had so much on the table. I don't know what to do. So, the first thing that I literally did which is which sounds so simple but it makes such a big difference was just seeing the state in which my physical space was um at the moment well back then and slash at the moment (laughs) um in the present time so to me decluttering starting to like declutter and like make space for the things that I actually use and need rather than like just keeping things just for the sake of keeping them was so healthy it really impacted like genuinely impacted my mental health having a decluttered space having the essential stuff around me rather than just like um just keeping stuff and just um you know what I mean just having clutter just doesn't work with me So my first step to kind of like alleviate this um, weight was cleaning my space, getting rid of the things that kind of like doing like a little seasonal cleaning. To me, that was kind of like a fall time cleaning. Um, I saw like I tried on all my clothes. And there was, there was so many things that I was keeping for like the emotional value, but that I was actually not, that I had not worn in like the longest time. So I, I got rid of clothes. I got rid of books. I got rid of like, just like rubbish that I had around <laughs> me. Um, that, that, like, because the thing is like when you're like in, a, in an emotional or mental state, when you're overwhelmed, when you're feeling all these kinds of things. You don't really have the energy to look around you and just be like, oh, this is, you know, you're kind of like an autopilot. You're kind of like working automatically. So taking a few hours, if you don't have a whole afternoon to do this, you can just take half an hour every day, 20 minutes every day, 10 minutes every day, whatever it is, to just like literally look around you consciously in all awareness and just be like, okay, this is something that's not serving me. This is not, you know what I mean? Just like kind of decluttering. Decluttering is so healthy. Because it actually liberates physical space, but also emotional and mental state. I think that we, I think I've mentioned this before, but I think we live in like such overstimulation. Overly stimulated, um, so much going on. We're on our phones all the time. Social media, you know, keeps showing all these things, all these sounds around us. Like everything contributes to this overstimulation. And having a, a cluttered space overstimulates the order in which we could just work better. So to me, decluttering made a massive difference in my life. Like for real. Especially during this time that I was struggling so much to keep my shit together. And to simply respond in the best way to the circumstances that life was throwing at me. mm so good second thing is making a comfortable space for yourself I think that whatever it is that you're going through or you're not going through whatever it is like for any time in your life I think it's so important to have a space that doesn't uh, necessarily exclusively motivate you to do things or to like you know get out there or to you know get on with your stuff your projects your life but that also motivates you to rest and to allow yourself to feel things and open up or simply be or just to like crumble if you need to crumble you know just like a, a, a space that holds you I think it's so important to create a space that holds you and to know what nurtures you in that sense for example, I've noticed since I live on my own that to me, having incense is like so homely for some strange reason. Um, some people use incense, like some cultures use incense for spiritual purposes. I personally also love meditating with incense. I really like the kind of like sensorial stimulation, sensorial, sensorial experience that incense provide. Um But I just think that it's, like, such a nice way to give the room, like, a presence, like, the aroma. I think it's so special. So to me, incense is kind of, like, key to have a warm, embracing, safe space. That feels really safe to me. So incense. Then I realized also that, for example, warm lights, it's kind of, like, about the, the sensorial experience, right? So, like, smell. And then how does it look like? I personally don't really like harsh lights like really you know what I mean just like just like bright white lights so soft and warm lights really make me feel at peace and they also kind of like don't overstimulate me to like not want to go to sleep (laughs) you know what I mean so candles having a salt lamp having warm lights around me just really helps me and that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go buy a f- fuck ton of new things or lamps or whatever i think it's about just using what you have you know I, I don't think that this is about buying stuff i think it's just maybe about seeing what you like and what resonates with you and then from there you can take decisions but um a few weeks ago actually i bought one of those lights um sunset lamps. I bought a sunset lamp. Oh my goodness. It changed my whole, my room's identity. It's so gay. It's so nice. It's, it's amazing. Like it totally did. Um, and I love my sunset lamp. Um, it makes me really happy. So I'm kind of like relying at the moment just with like the light, the a really warm light inside my wardrobe. Cause it used to be like a really harsh, you know, just like just like a really harsh light, so I just bought another bulb to like a warm one. And now it's like a really warm light. Then my sunset lamp. I have candles. I have a little salt lamp. It's not working at the moment, so I kinda like just put it aside. And that's been enough for me. And that's been so comforting. And even if I have a if, if I have a great day, I'm like, ah, oh, what a lovely space. And if I have a really shed day, I'm like, well at least this is not having as nice safe space is not an you know it's nothing to worry about because this is what it's what's holding me at the moment so to me that's been like a highlight just having you know like a like a comfortable safe space it's been a highlight when there's nothing else that seems to be a highlight so that's another example of like kind of curating your physical space I think it's worth also considering or reflecting on the things that you appreciate in other spaces because to me it took me kind of a while considering yeah considering the like I mean I've had my own room for since I was a child um yeah kind of like considering that you know like I've had control over my space since I was young like a child technically it took me a while to like realize what I like in spaces and like what gives me peace and like what I really like um and once again I'm gonna praise Tumblr but like just seeing the kinds of inspo, inspo stuff that you feel inspired by or that like you like in places, just like the aesthetic value of things is so important. I recently realized that I'm obsessed with glass, like I'm obsessed with like glass containers, like with, it's just so clean, like with really clean stuff and like, just like the really decluttered spaces. Like to me, that's been what I've been resonating with lately. So like just having a jar, like a clear glass jar with some flowers has been giving like this pop of color in my space, and I'm just like, oh, so pretty, you know. Having just like, you know, like my windows, um, just kind of like as a main attraction in the room, somehow overlooking at the trees. I'm like, oh my goodness, I love this, you know. It's kind of like looking at those things that you see if you don't know exactly how a space you know like a comfy nice space feels like for you or looks like for you look at the kinds of places that you feel comfortable in outside your house outside your room look at the places where you as soon as you step in you're like oh my goodness I love this oh my goodness it smells so good you know what I mean look at the kinds of smells so you like them that give you peace because sometimes it's like kind of like those like home decor or like products that you know like are trending or are just kind of like a general thing. They, they're just kind of like generalized, um, items, you know, they don't really speak to you. And it's, this could be really, really personal, really, um, yeah, just like a really personal touch that uplifts you and that speaks to you. So I think it's worth considering and worth reflecting on what feeds into that part of you. Um, so yeah. Um, when it comes to emotional or metaphysical safe spaces, I, um, I love thinking, which is something I'm working on like every single day. Cause I kind of, it kind of goes against my nature, I feel, but it sounds so natural at the same time. Like it feels really natural. I guess it's just about a lack of habit of a lifetime kind of thing. But when it comes to, um, yeah, to emotionally creating a safe space, I think focusing on what's essential, drawing from essentialism, what feeds into that for you, what that looks like for you, it's crucial. That literally has, has oh my goodness, I owe my mental health, my everything that I've accomplished over the last few years to just kind of like focusing on on what's essential and focusing on on what's essential focusing focusing on your needs is something that looks completely different for everybody i think it's quite general and this applies to everyone because we're all humans but like you know staying hydrated and breathing and you know um eating um nutritional i don't know foods healthy foods i guess um that's what keeps us alive but then we can go a little bit deeper in that because every i mean every organism is different all our bodies are completely different so like even if for some people it might work for example to like in the mornings have their coffee and then have their lunch as a first meal in the day for some other people it works like a whole different way it's about like knowing how your body in this case or your mind reacts to certain things to certain rituals certain habits around well-being what's supporting you so By recognizing your basic needs or the essentials in your life, we can step towards having our basic needs met and once that's done, you can pretty much deal with whatever else you need to deal because I feel personally when I'm in like not the best space That I tend to like push aside my basic needs. I tend to forget. I tend to not make time for that. I tend to just like sink in whatever it is that I'm going through. And it's just kind of like a cycle. It's kind of like it feeds itself with the stress and with the pain. And with everything that you're navigating. It just kind of like feeds into this cycle that it's just so hard to get out of. So it's so worth it. And it's so much easier to break that cycle. Or look feeding your needs when you have them recognized and then you can meet them you know so to me when I realized this I was in a really dark space um and I remember making a list I was feeling so much pain back then I remember I was on a trip in the summer in Europe and I was having a great time it looked great on the outside. It was kind of like a dreamy situation. But I was feeling so empty. I was feeling so empty and I just couldn't I just couldn't understand why I was feeling so empty if I apparently had like everything and I was having like the most amazing time apparently looking from like, you know, from like the look of photos or from the sound of it, it was just kind of like perfect, but I was feeling so empty. I can't remember yeah, it's just been a handful of times in my life where, I, where I, I have felt that extreme emptiness. So I remember I was in Greece and I woke up to this amazing... Well, I stayed up all night. I was just so sad. Just I couldn't go to bed even. I was just reflecting on what was going... I was I was just trying to understand. And I was writing down this list of things. And I was like, okay, I feel so miserable right now. What would I need... What's my basic needs that are not being met right now? What's the simplest of things that would uplift me right now? What can I not live without? And I started writing down literally the simplest things and how they felt like how they looked like. And the things in common that those things had was a feeling that they gave me on the inside. So I As soon as I started writing down those things, I kind of like drifted apart from like that miserable state. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like, yes, (laughs) you know, kind of like started feeding into this other cycle of like fantasizing of these amazing things. And these amazing things were like the simplest things ever. Like I remember that I was like, I was not eating as I usually like to eat. I was not really cooking. I was eating a lot out and we were partying so much. I was drinking a lot you know what I mean? It was like, I was not having my basic needs when it came to like nutrition met. So I was like, so craving just like, you know, like something as basic as like a wholesome meal or something that doesn't affect like my stomach or like my skin, you know what I mean? So like I started, I started writing those things down. I sit up, I stayed up all night and I remember like seeing the sunset that morning. And it seemed kind of like a promise. It was just so great. It was like so great. I remember writing down and I was like, oh my goodness, from now on, I promise myself to stay aligned to these things that keep me alive physically and emotionally because I feel so empty right now. I hate this feeling. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And it's so simple. Seems just like a whatever thing, but it's not because I like back then I didn't have those things because I mean, and that in, in that case, I was in holiday. So I was like, I don't have these things right now. And I'm feeling so miserable. And, you know, I was in a privileged state as well. But even though whatever state you're in, whatever privilege it is that you have or you don't, your battles are your battles. And I think that there's always so much value that can get out of there. So in my case, it was that list of things that made me conscious about what I could not miss in my in my life what was non-negotiable so asking yourself what's essential for you what does that look like what does that feel like what what literally <laughs> keeps you alive alive sorry i feel like my like my accent my english is kind of off today i've been hanging out with i I've been surrounding myself with english people and I've always rejected adopting a Kiwi accent, always, just because I phonetically am not the biggest fan of how it sounds like, especially in me, just because, I don't know. But I think I've been code-switching so much <laughs> that I'm kind of like in this hybrid at the moment. So apologies if I sound a little bit different. <laughs> um, Yeah, so stepping towards essentialism is pretty much also a form of declutter, It's decluttering in a way what is not serving you and what's actually not meeting your your basic needs pretty much. So I think that's so important. And it's just as simple as sitting down, making time for it. Because I'm pretty sure that if we're all scrolling on our phones, we also have the time to sit down for five minutes and ask ourselves, what do we need to be alive? So what's the essential? What's my basic needs? Those are the questions that you can ask yourself that can service prompts to spark some thought around that and if you know them already you can kind of like write them down again and kind of schedule them in your diary in your agenda you know okay so create time for everyday sort of um cultivation right so we're gonna it, this is about cultivating our essential needs the habits that serve us etc cetera, etc cetera. so um cultivating every single day some sort of like little ritual some sort of little check in with yourself it's really important because I feel like when we burn out and when we're when we're even on in the midst of burning out we feel like we need to like step back and like dramatically shut everything off shut everything down and kind of like reconstruct ourselves Which is kind of ideal for me, for instance, because like, again, I'm kind of like an all or nothing kind of person. Everything. I don't know how you say that, but you know what I mean? Like kind of like either intensely full on or nothing at all. So I really push myself like this is for me like a challenge, something that I consciously need to like work like that. I consciously work on that and that I need to remind myself all the time. It's like consistency, you know, little by little rather than just like nothing or all sort of thing. So by cultivating and by making a habit, you know, by making prioritizing these things a habit, it's kind of like a way to construct something that's more functional and that's more sustainable rather than just burning out and waiting for a time where we can step back from all our responsibilities, from everything that we have on the table to reconstruct. And that's awesome. If you have the opportunity and the privilege to like just like step back, take a you know, whatever break, like just a vacation, couple weeks, couple months. That's amazing. But unfortunately, not everybody can do that. Unfortunately, we all have jobs, right? There's bills to pay. And it's kind of stupid thinking that we need to that we're going to find this inner peace by buying specific products. I think that's the most unsustainable thing ever, and I think that that's a conversation that needs to be out there more often because i feel like it's it's just such a shame that um yeah that the 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 well-being industry in a way kind of um points towards the consumerist side of things as well so i think it's really important to talk about ways in which we can do just be resourceful with what what's available to us and we all have time somehow Looks different for everybody. But again, I think that if we have the time to listen to this, just scroll on our phones, we have five minutes to just see how we can cultivate this every single day. So um, so yeah, I, I, I've been thinking also about other ways in which I can like declutter my um, intangible space in a way. Um, and I've been thinking a lot of the kinds of relationships that give me life and the kinds of relationships that drain me. There's like specific situations, specific places, people that feel like a boost of energy after an interaction, that feel like, you know, like like a boost of life in a way. And there's other times when this is kind of hard to recognize sometimes because sometimes we we might love somebody we might really get along or, or, you know, whatever. But, like, it just drains us. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, sustainable for always. <laughs> like, for, you know, having this so consistently around us. So, like, I think it's so important to also check in with ourselves after we interact with a specific person, group of people, or space. I think it's so, so important. Um, a practice that I've been... Um, doing that I've been cultivating as well maybe since last year when I became aware of the role of like the massive role of relationships in my life was kind of like writing down or just checking in with myself like seeing how I felt after interacting after like literally all my interactions you know like after everything and I was like oh you know like I feel this way after seeing this person I feel this way after going to these sorts of parties that I I feel I kind of push myself to go but I kind of not necessarily need to go or want to go you know what I mean so it's kind of like you also get to know yourself and how you react to certain things or people or whatever situation during a specific time and I feel that when we're burning out or when we necessarily need a little step back or a little reconstruction or whatever Oh, reconstruction sounded a little bit weird. I didn't mean to say that. Like a little reset. Um, a little thinking. Um, we might want to be very aware and very minimal with th- the use of our energy. Because usually when we're burning out or when we feel like we need a break or when we have a lot on the table or when we're navigating difficult things, we don't have a lot of energy to toss away in people that don't really feed into that. So I think that decluttering your your boundaries, for example, which boundaries are not serving you if you know, if, if, if they're kind of like still corrupting the way that you want to show up for yourself, decluttering the kinds of, um, places or situations or people that you, um, that you see things that you go to, you know what I mean? Like kind of like checking in with how that feels or serves you at the moment. If it, And if it doesn't, you can pause it for a minute <laughs> or you can reconsider it. You know what I mean? So I think checking in with those things with like your habits, your boundaries, um people, things, spaces that you see every day that you interact with, it's so so important and it really serves a purpose of kind of like understanding your ways, understanding how um how you're using your energy, how you're using your energetic currency. I saw that in some like somewhere like in a book or something, but I can't remember the book, but it explains it so well. It's like energetic, and ener- the energetic currency. It's kind of like the same way as the way we spend money and like it's actually so similar. Like it's kind of like they mirror each other and it's really interesting to see that because the moment that I realized how my how the way that I would s- use my money, my financial resources and the way that I would use my emotional resources was was quite similar At the time, I was just kind of like mindlessly spending my energy, spending my money towards things that were just kind of like either voids or we're not feeling right after or we're just kind of like instant gratification, you know, whatever. I was like, oh my goodness, (laughs) kind of wild. So seeing our energy as a currency, it's quite useful when we feel like we need to prioritize, when we feel like we need to stick to the essentials, when we feel like we need to give some of that in words as well so I think that's it for today um I hope you find something that serves you I hope you try out different ways to um yeah to um align yourself with uh what works for you best at the moment and I think that this is something that, um, we should all learn at some point at some stage and that unfortunately it's not very, um, available everywhere. It's, it's still seen as like a privilege in a way and it's still, it somehow is. I agree with that. Um, but I think there's ways in which we can all find support through what we do, through our habits, through our spaces and yeah, I would not be sharing anything that I don't resonate with. So, I really owe a lot of my um <laughs> of my stability of my mental health to these things that I've learned from people around me, people I admire, professional help that I have available to me. So, I really hope that this serves you somehow. Well. Uh thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing space with me. I will see you next week and um yeah follow the podcast on instagram at amora podcast send me book recommendations photos of your dogs um poems um journaling prompts etc etc and take care peace and love (laughs) and i'll see you next week